I drove off a 100-foot cliff and crushed every bone below the waist except my left femur and my ten toes. And it broke my back in two places, and my jaw was split apart, and part of it went up through my brain and tore white matter. Over the next three years, I had 25 major surgeries. I spent initially 81 days in the hospital. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, today we have a story of trauma, pain, therapy, and the incredible will and perseverance of a person who put this all together. And I think you'll find this an incredible show. We're going to talk to Rod Porter today and discuss his personal story, how he did it, and some life philosophies that have held us all together. So I think you'll find it very interesting. Let's start with Counselors Can Help. Hey, folks, welcome to the show. It's Counselors Can Help. I'm Merrill Fink. I'm here with a guest, Rod Porter, an actual human being from the street we brought in to talk about his experience with therapy. So, Rod, welcome to the show. Thank you. The idea of this show is to talk to people about therapy, counseling, and to this point, we've had really just uh, myself, Liza, and talking mostly about therapist stuff and, and issues that, that people bring in. But today we have a person who uh, is quite excited to tell his story and his experience going through therapy. And so I think that's a major part of, of telling the story. I heard recently that there's an idea that don't tell people about stuff, tell them about a person, tell them a story and they'll listen and they'll, they'll take that in. So uh, that's the point of having Rod here. So I'm excited to have you here. Like I said, this is a, a new thing that we're doing here on the show. And so what I know, and I've purposely kept it vague here, so I know that um, you had gone through therapy here at Aspire in northern Utah, and your therapist was, in fact, my boss, John Howard, right? Is that a true statement? That's correct, yeah. And you were very much excited, I guess, about the outcome of how it all came, came to be, that you were very interested in, in fact, to reached out to say, hey, I'd like to tell my story and hopefully somebody else can get something from that. Would you say that's, that's fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I guess without further ado to get into the, the story here, because I'm interested to hear it myself. So wherever, wherever you'd like to begin. Okay. This, is, uh, this would start uh, almost 10 years ago now, January 28, 2012. I moved from Bullfrog, Utah to Lehigh, Utah. And in the process of moving everything I owned in my three cats, I drove off a hundred foot cliff and um, crushed every bone below the waist except my left femur and my 10 toes. Wow. And I broke my back in two places and my jaw was split apart and part of it went up and went through my brain and tore white matter. Um, Pretty scary. Yeah, a little bit. Um, over the next three years, I had 25 major surgeries. I spent initially 81 days in the hospital and it was paralyzed from the left knee down. Wow. Um, so it was a lot of pain and loneliness and, and all sorts of new, new experiences. Uh, so it happened five days before I was 27. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you a couple questions about that. So. I guess, what were you, I guess, mentally going through your, your, this happens. That's obviously very traumatizing. You're immediately probably doing tons of surgeries and people are coming and going, et cetera. 
What are you thinking in the middle of all that? Well, I had a six-month-old son as well, and so my initial thinking once I was out of the my coma and and whatnot, right? Um, wow, was um, here I am, a brand new father, and life is so different. Well, will I ever be able to um, walk around and carry my son around with wow. me again? Okay. Um, so you're not you're not only going through the pain, etc., confusion of of the moment. You're also projecting yourself into the future mm. and thinking, "What's this going to look like? Yeah. I mean, how am I going to provide for my son? Uh, what's this future I thought I had is completely different than the way it looks now." Yeah, that's exactly right. I just started a new job the week before, um, and we had signed a new lease and. Um, I was just on the way to there and everybody was waiting at that new place for me, um, to move the stuff in. Um, but I just never showed up and they couldn't find my ID. So they, so they flew me under to the, the ICU under, uh, the name Mojave. And then some, but one of the cops found my phone in the, the dirt or whatever, the snow. Okay. Wow. And answered it. Okay, so um, you said 81 days. You said you were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time of, uh, of just enduring all that, I guess, physical pain and, and confusion and, and obviously fear about how this is all going to turn out. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I assume you still hadn't seen uh, coming to counseling therapy. It wasn't like a thing on your mind yet at that point. It was you were just surviving day to day and just... See what the next day brought you. That's exactly right. One day at a time was was all there was for quite some time. Okay. All right. Uh, so I guess what happens then? What's the next part of uh, you get out of the hospital and then? Um, my wife left with my six-month-old son um, and took him and, and left. Um, and so then I spent some few years recovering. Um, we got back together and then we moved up to Idaho, spent a few years together, and then Things went south, as things will, um, and so we ended up uh, divorcing. And so at that point, I came back down to the city, and um, she had uh, my son for a while. And so when I came back to Kaysville here, which was uh, October of 2018, I think, is when okay. I started seeing John. All right. So you'd gotten out of the hospital, and you were essentially trying to, I guess, pick your life back up. Mm. And, um, physically were you doing okay then? I mean, did you feel like, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) I, I hurt to this day, every moment. Um, and I haven't been comfortable in the last nine and a half years. Okay. Um, So no, I, I was not, um, I am now, I would say I walk probably, I think it was 2.8 miles a day the last 30 days. Gotcha. Oh, good for Um, you don't take pain pills anymore as they eventually realize that you just feel the same one way or another. And, um, so I, I would say now I feel pretty good, even if I still am, um, physically broken. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, I, this is the first time that we, you've ever met, right? I mean, I, we, we've talked on the phone once or twice, I mm-hmm. think. Um, 
I mean, I wouldn't have noticed, I guess, you walking here that you that this had all happened. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible. But you're still feeling, obviously, the internal effects of all that. Indeed. Um, okay. And we did talk a little bit before the show about whether you wanted to stand or sit or whatever, just being able to, I guess, be comfortable and for this amount of time. I mean, so it definitely affects you even just even in small things like this. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I, I don't sit at work. I don't think I have a seat. I'm uh, I just I prefer to stand. I'll walk around with my computer and type in my arms and or stand almost all day long and Okay. Um, something about being trapped in a bed maybe for years and watching <laughs> the world go by out the right. window. Yeah. Really uh really okay. uh, want to get you out of that bed or yeah seat. what a what a i guess change in in um i guess perspective of of what tomorrow can bring you yeah. know kind of thing so okay so you're definitely i guess like you said trying to put your life back together and uh, you wind up back here in uh, salt lake city and you said in 2018 and you go to see your uh, therapist john howard and that's what what brought you at that moment? I mean, what was the what was the the idea that said, "Man, I need to go see somebody about this." Um, I had just come back to the city after leaving my wife and my grandma had died um, that same week, I think, and she uh, she was always one of my favorite people. So I uh, just needed to vent safely okay. without uh burdening right so people. you were pretty overwhelmed at that point indeed i can i can just now talking about it i can see just that's it affects you now right just thinking about that and you thought somebody can probably help me with this indeed. hopefully i mean right you, yeah. you probably weren't sure right i mean you went in maybe with a little bit of hmm, i'm not sure if this is really going to help me or not hope hope it hope it will Certainly hope it will, but you know, life, it's always seems very individualized, you know, and sometimes it's hard to, uh, get or to get out of your own head and think, man, somebody else is going to understand this or be able to help me process this or that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're in a very hard place right there of grief, uh, a bunch of things. And it's sometimes really hard to make decisions in those moments of reaching out for help or whatever. So it's kind of a difficult, did you find that was the case? Did you feel it was easy to go, okay, I'm going to turn for help. Or was that something you struggled with for a while? Um, no, I think I, I think I knew I needed somebody else's input. I'm uh, I'm now a single parent and I've, I've learned that you just need an infusion of new ideas. Otherwise you set stagnate. And um, so I, I just felt, somebody else would be able to at least get me past the spot I was in. And it's not important, I guess, in that moment to even know what that will be. It's just like somebody's hopefully going to help me and I'm going to give it a shot. I yeah. guess was probably your, your, yeah. your mentality there. So your attitude going in was one of, I guess, maybe cautious hope, but certainly not, not in a good place. I mean, yeah. not certainly not feeling comfortable there. Yeah. Um, how, how did you feel starting and then did that is at some point in therapy with John or maybe discussions, you start to go, Hmm, there's something here that maybe it, maybe it can change. Yeah. It was, uh, not too long into it. And it's, and I felt like there was, there's just something to be said for that 
that guidance, I guess, that guru. Okay. <laughs> um, that uh, I think we all need. I think that's what religion tries to accomplish. You know, is just offer guidance as you wander through life. So maybe that's an odd uh, analogy, but I think of John kind of as a guru. Okay. <laughs> In a sense, uh, a uh, a wise feller. Yeah, so you didn't, I guess, necessarily have any preconceived notions about what you were after, but you maybe felt like living this way is just something's, something's got to give here. I got to find a new way to think about stuff and, and get help uh, with that. And so you saw him more of a, I'm just going to lay this all out there and, and see what he has to, to say to right. give me some advice on some things, maybe related to my accident, maybe related to divorce maybe related to none of that at all just you know putting it all together kind of thing exactly it's it's uh very much a hodgepodge of things and whatever might be stressing me at that particular month or week or whatever the case may be um but it's whatever might be troubling me at that time i can i can say hey john give me a thought yeah how long were you with him what how long um I still go, uh, but I uh, I see him, I think, once a month. Okay. So. It sounds like it wasn't any super one big idea necessarily, but it was a lot of like small things that um, you were discussing. What started to change, I mean, in your life itself? I mean, is there a noticeable change that we would see from the outside? Um, things that you're doing? What 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 did this bring you ultimately, or was it more just a more more peace of mind or uh was it some actual changes in your life that you felt that really Um, helped me uh, definitely a lot of peace of mind um but also in in some work-related settings um i i manage some people and i i tend my my pain tends to cross my countenance on occasion because i I tend to move a lot and then I also might look grumpy even though I'm not necessarily grumpy. It's just pain related. Okay. Um, and so, um, we've discussed, uh, ways of getting ahead of it, you know, and I'm um, just shortcutting some of the, the, the issues that I might run into with those things. And, and so in a practical sense, um, it's just been, uh, one of those, uh, safe places in the world, okay. you know? Okay, taking a short break from the show, I want to remind you to go to counselorscanhelp.com. It's a great resource, getting better every day. I'm spending a lot of time and effort to make this a really great website. Things of note on there are the resources we keep adding and the shows and extra content that we keep putting on there. So please uh, check that out. I think you'll be it'll be well worth your time. Uh, next, I want to just highlight some points about our conversation with Rod. We go now from what was more factual based and historical ideas and facts to now a more philosophically based discussion and the things that got him through this situation. And specifically what I find fascinating is he has a lot of philosophical ideas and great ideas. And he's also found a way to specifically put them into his life in a very detailed and specific way. So pay attention to that as we go through our discussion. Next, I will highlight just a key part of our discussion, and that is how he sees this whole thing in hindsight. And I think you'll find his uh, remarks fascinating. 
but it's definitely something that people who suffer trauma it's certainly um you can understand why they'll go sure. back and go gosh if that wouldn't have happened what would my life look like and that kind of thing so it doesn't sound like you've spent a lot of time doing that i, I have gone back and i guess looked at it from that perspective and i think on almost all fronts it would have been a worse life wow actually barring my physical body right now i think everything else would have probably been worse off folks now back to our discussion as i asked rod about therapy his thoughts on it what it was like and what he took away from it I guess what's a big thing you want folks to know? I mean, the overall idea of what, what, what folks listening to this show, what would you like them to, to take away as a, a big takeaway from what you got out of experience? I guess I have a, a couple of them. Um, one would be the one day at a time. Um, okay. That's uh, something that's really um, got me through all the dark, dark days in the hospitals. Um, but it also got me through some dark times while waiting to find some proper help, I guess. Um, and so, um, like, especially that last month or so before I moved up here to the city and before I started going to John and things, I, I was using that one day at a time philosophy where I was not able to um, look at the whole picture of the next year of life or the next six years of life, but it needed to be some sort of chunk of time that I could manage and handle mentally. And, um, and so just to break it down, break down life into a, a manageable chunk and, and then reaching out when, when that's needed as well. So that was, I mean, you said a little bit of that was happening in the hospital. You were trying to at that moment, I guess it was getting away from you in the hospital when you're 81 days in there, there are times when that, that got away from you, mm. right? You were trying to look well down the road and, and see yeah. what, what this would be, what, what your life would look like. Um, and it sounds like, I mean, that's so ter- certainly understandable, but it sounds like what you walked away from therapy was maybe in some ways you were starting to do that, but this idea of don't, don't look so far down the road and keep it, keep it manageable and, and more short sighted as far as stuff you're worrying about. Yeah. Do, you, do you find you're better at that of just going, oh, okay, that's way off in the distance. I don't need to worry about that. Exactly. And, and then I guess one other thought that is really uh, something that took me years to wrap my head around is something that I think of as never check the weather. Um, weather hurts me uh, when storms come and go and whenever it rains or stops raining or whatever weather changes there are. And for a long time, I would check the weather out and be like, oh man, there's a storm coming on Thursday. And then for the next three, four or five days, I'd have all sorts of anxiety or this expectation of pain. And then on Thursday, you can bet that I would be waking up with pain. And for a few years now, I have not check the weather almost by principle. I do not check it. And I, as a result, have so much less anxiety. I I might still have the pain that really comes with the storm, but I don't have all of the unnecessary worrying. I'm I'm just choosing to not focus on, on the negative. What that used to take up, sounds like it used to take up a lot of your mental 
capacity, right? Just worrying Far about too what's, what's going to happen, what's what's going to come next. Yeah. So able to stop that. How were you able to stop doing that? Or how did, how did you make that change? That's fascinating. It it took a long time. It it took me years to to come to terms with my pain, and I think it it just insanity or the, the definition of an insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting right. a different result. And I, I got tired of being a victim, I suppose. Um, and everything in life for me is pain related. Um, everything like laying in bed is painful. And, and so if I'm going to hurt anyway, I should not be focusing on what ifs that might make the pain more painful. You know, I should be doing my best to put blinders onto that and in hopes that, in in very true hopes, like that the pain won't ever come because the weathermen are often wrong, you know? And so if the mm-hmm. weatherman is wrong, I had all this anxiety for no reason. Yeah. Did you find, but making that change, you said it sounded like it took a while, that, that one thing at some point did you just say, okay, I'm just going to do it and just sort of bear down and, and, um, in, in a way I, I have another philosophy that I used to quit, um, vaping a few years ago called, uh, the never look back or the pillar of salt. And recall that Bible story of them running away from some city mm-hmm. and they were told not to look back. And when they did, they were, um, froze or turned into a pillar of salt. Um, I believe when you make a big change or whatever that you should never give up your forward progress by looking back or else you start all the way at the beginning. And so at some point after you work your way down um, to a a manageable limit, take the plunge and you never look back. And and so, yes, so one day um, I just, you know, it's like I was, I had been trying to work on it little by little or whatever. And then I was like, you know what, just get rid of the app problem solved. And just don't let myself go back. That was probably a struggle for a little bit, I'm guessing, to stay on that path. Um, and did you then find success pretty quick making that change that, hey, this really does matter? Um, I think it, it, it didn't take long for me to start noticing the, the overall positive and it, it wasn't it was probably not too many storms into it where I didn't actually notice the pain of the storm until the storm was leaving and then I realized oh my gosh the pain was worse because the storm was here but I had saved myself the three or four days of trepidation right. whilst the storm was inbound. Okay. all right interesting yeah. so that's just one change that made a massive impact on the amount of time a day you spent on it, the amount of pain you experienced, uh, anticipating it. Um, I guess what else big takeaways, um, or, or maybe even things that you're working on now. I mean, that's, uh, love to hear about that. All right. Um, well, I've got, I've got, I've got nine of these things, but I'll give okay. you one more. Here. I know I'm ready for, yeah, let's um, hear them. This one, um, is a boxing expression, but it's, vital to my day-to-day survival and it's float like a butterfly sting like a bee Muhammad Ali exactly um and I had the pleasure of meeting Muhammad Ali once here in Salt Lake when he was doing a a documentary or was here for a documentary about him but um what this means to me is that there is days when I can walk four miles in a day 
and I feel pretty good, you know, and I'm going to go hard at my job and do everything that I can do. And then there's days, and so I'm going to sting like a bee, right? And then there's days where I need to absorb the punches life's going to throw at me. And so I got to float like a butterfly. And there's days where my pain is not going to really let me be effective and, or I, I know I just don't have it. And sometimes you, at least in, in my circumstances, I know that I need to make a small tactical retreat in order to be back into fighting shape the next day. Mm -hmm. And so to absorb those, those punches or those blows, I, I find it necessary to sometimes wave a white flag very temporarily, Okay. but know myself and know that each day I need to start pushing back and never to let it be a, a long-term or permanent sort of. Okay. So you allow yourself to have a, a day, well, okay, I didn't do as much physically today, but tomorrow's a new day. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let today sort of get me down right kind of idea um and i i go after it every day as best i can and but i just know that there's some days that are just harder than others and so i won't let those days mentally defeat me okay and let me feel like i'm not worth it or whatever just yeah. because i need to uh, it's it's just part of life we all take a hit now and then and the best way to do that is to absorb that blow yeah um all right. And make it less effective. Okay. Full like a butterfly, sting like a bee. What's That's number right. three? Um, uh, another one would be uh, what's going well today. Um, I had this guy that I work with once get in the car with me, and he looked, he got in the car, and he very pointedly said, Rod, what's going well today? And he obviously did not want to hear the crap that I might have complained about. <laughs> you know, he didn't. And, and I thought, you know, that's a cool thing, though, because – if we all just had this this kind of thought process of what's going well today, it inclines the mind towards positivity rather than whatever sort of drudgery might be going on, right. really. You know, and so I, when I have a, a team member that's maybe dour um, or something like that, I, I typically ask what's going well today rather than. How, how are you or, or something similar, but yeah, it seems uh, like, I guess it's a more authentic or more detailed conversation than just how are you or whatever. Cause you say, how are you? You get kind of a stock answer, right? Potentially you do. And then they might start complaining about whatever <laughs> is going wrong and, and this or that. And if nothing else, like maybe like me where it, it drew me up short and was like, Oh, he doesn't want to hear my, my, whatever might be bad. You know, yeah. maybe he needs some like some positivity in his life you know and so I, I just like that that mentality um and yeah. for me it's something i always got to improve is my positive mentality so. yeah okay great love it yeah. what's going well today uh, yeah. so you can ask that to a friend or certainly remind yourself of that i guess that's okay. right yeah number four we all have something after i drove off a cliff and broke something around 70 bones in multiple places at the same time. Um, I, I realized when somebody was talking to me about some, they had broken their arm or something. And mm. I was thinking, Oh, that that's weak sauce. You know, yeah, that's nothing. That's nothing. Ha ha ha. <laughs> you know, that, uh, that was not quite my, my, my thinking, but my, my thinking was 
man, when a kid loses a favorite toy, you know, that's a huge deal to that kid. If an adult lost something of equal value, say, as that kid's toy, it would not be a large deal. And it just made me think again that life is all about perspective. And what is a huge deal to me might not be a huge deal to somebody else. And so vice versa, what's a huge or what seems like it might be to me, no big deal to somebody else. It might be a huge deal to them. Right. And so recognizing that we're all carrying something and that it might be more of a burden than, than I realize. I guess it's a way of trying not to compare your life with the next person's life kind of thing, right? Is, yeah. that, is that how it helps, I guess? In- exactly. Um, just we've all got something, you know, and um, how, how can I help improve this other fellow's lot in life, you know, because he's... I might not be able to see the burdens he's carrying. Mm-hmm. Mine are very visible burdens that I carry at least most of the time with like my scars and things like that. But not everybody's burdens that they carry are visible. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping it'll keep other people's plights in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. And like you said, the, not all scars are visible or you just don't know what a person's gone through, um, how they got there. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Great. Um, everybody's got something. All right. Number five. Um, keep moving forward. Um, I, uh, was taking a walk at the park one time, uh, a few months ago and I, it occurred to me that it, it's, it's such a waste, at least to my mind anyway, to walk on a treadmill, um, because you put all of this effort into something, but you don't necessarily, absorb new things and I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for exercise i guess is what's coloring my perspective of this right. whole thing but i'm looking for input i guess or like things to interest me yeah. and so um in this concept i guess is that's where my mind was thinking and um keep moving forward man if i'm going to put all of this effort into life and getting through day by day i want to have something to show for it. So I need to keep trying to make some sort of stride, some incremental improvements so that I am making forward progress and I'm not just riding a hypothetical treadmill Mm -hmm. and staying in place yet putting in all sorts of energy that's required one way or another. I want to move forward somewhere. A thought just occurred to me. We're not done with your list there, but at any point, did you, I guess, find yourself in the sort of it's not fair, I mean, idea? Is that ever, is this what you're describing to me is a, seems like a fairly positive person. Was that something you always were? Or, I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. I am actually a very negative person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, knowing myself, really try to find ways to be positive. Okay. All right. So you, you purposely set about saying, okay, these are the things I'm going to put in place that are going to help me get through these moments that I know are eventually coming. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's exactly right. But no, I've, I've always tried really, well, I've, I've never really had that mentality of, oh, why me? my mentality, the reason I survived my accident was 
in gambling, somebody's got to win the lottery, mm -hmm. right? So somebody's got to win the drive off the cliff lottery lottery as well. <laughs> yeah. You won. I won, you know, and so it's not necessarily, oh, why me? It's, oh, why not me? And as a result, I think it's helped me to come past uh, some of my pain um, and accept it as part of my day-to-day -day and whatnot that I might have had a harder time with otherwise. Okay, so you you must have spent some time on what if I would have gone left versus right or you know that kind of stuff. Uh, but it doesn't sound like you. It doesn't sound like it let that get you. Yeah, um, I was fortunate in a way. My memory cuts off three hours before the accident, and um, I was awake in the wreckage for an hour and a half while they cut me out, but I can't remember it uh, most of the time. Wow. Um, and so I've, it's just something I've never really seen a lot of use for. There's enough problems already. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I agree. And so I, I've just never gotten there, yeah. I suppose. But it's definitely something that people who suffer trauma, it's certainly, um, you can understand why they'll go sure. back and go, gosh, if that wouldn't have happened, what would my life look like? And that kind of thing. So it doesn't sound like you've spent a lot of time doing that. I, I have gone back and I guess looked at it from that perspective. And I think on almost all fronts, it would have been a worse life. Wow. Actually, barring my physical body right now, I think everything else would have probably been worse off. Interesting. Well, I think my my mindset, I, this forced perspectives and old mannerisms, old manisms on me at a much younger <laughs> uh, age than they would have otherwise, and so I. I made different decisions maybe than I would have. And I, I just feel really, I always have so sure that this is a positive, um, despite all of the messed up negatives that have come with it. Yeah. All of the craziness. Yeah. I, I guess I can relate to that point because I had, I, I've never told you this, but I had uh, breast cancer and a sort of a huge anxiety meltdown, uh, I guess eight to nine years ago by now. And, that absolutely got me into this hmm. business. I mean, I was not a, even thinking about getting into mental health or therapy. Wow. And, and so something like that, I guess, made me change uh, where I was going in the direction. So I guess I can, I, I can feel that idea that the thing that you would look back and go, oh, that was bad. Well, no, I think that was good uh, in some yeah. ways. So okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird I guess, way of looking at it, but I, one I can relate to, I guess. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Right. We're just a couple of weirdos here. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, all right. What's your next, uh, topic on, on your list? Well, let's see here. What are we at? Number, number six. Um, I couldn't say, but I'll trust your memory there. I believe so. <laughs> Something like that. That's right. Um, things are as hard as you make them. Um, this is, something that again life is to me all about perspective and things are either as hard things are always as hard as you make them things might always always be as easy as you make them but things are always as hard as you want them to be you know and so um 
focusing your mind on as much of the positives in life as you can and doing your best to not dwell on the negatives and not drag out the unpleasantness in life is going to um, just lend itself to easing your pathway. And the more you bewow some aspect of some project you need to do or task you have to do, the more dreadful and anxiety ridden that task becomes. Yeah. So how do you, I guess, adjust to that if you're, if you're looking at something that down the road is going to be, you're going, mm, yeah, that's probably not going to look forward to that. Um, how do you adjust your, your mentality in that, in that moment? Um, well, for me, uh, there's um, what I called, uh, or what I think of as, if you heard the saying, the, how do you eat a whale one bite at a time? Right. Um, I try to knock off as much of that unpleasant or as much or as little of that unpleasant tasks in pieces as possible. Um, if you have to clean the entire house at once or your entire area or whatever at once, it's more monumental than having kept up on it um, piecemeal over over time. Okay. So it's that idea plus the, like you said, keep life in, in I guess, small increments. Don't get too far down the road. It's sort of the one day at a time thing mm -hmm. uh, you use for that as well. All right. Number seven. Ah, here's another uh, Muhammad Ali one here. Uh, we can always do more. Um, I don't know if you heard Muhammad Ali. He never started counting his push-ups until he felt like he couldn't do any more. And then he would start counting and, and say, I'm going to do 10 okay. or something like that. Because when you put a, a number on your limit or you say, I'm going to do five of this thing, it, it puts limits on yourself, a boundary that you might not discover if, if you're putting a, on, a boundary on it. And so you might not always be able to put a limitless boundary on it. But when I do pull-ups, for example, I always do one more than I had set out to do. So I can't maybe go... Interesting. Like Muhammad Ali's thing, but I can always, if I could do 10, then I can sure as crap do 11, you know, and just driving yourself in some small way a little bit further, a little bit further. The next time you do some task, it is that much easier to do. Wow. Yeah. No, I didn't know that about Ali. I, I'd not heard that before, but I mm. like that. And I like the idea of, of, like you said, there's a lot of research, I guess, behind mental limitations of what people do and put on themselves. So. All right, number eight. Um, I think I I might have hit them all as we had gone through. I think we covered all the ones that I have right. already. Okay. Uh, so we've hit the the list that you you brought in. That's a that's a pretty impressive list of of stuff that I think is that I think that what's cool about it to me as I hear you talk about it, it's all very much um, applicable to your daily life. You haven't these aren't sort of uh, wide generic things that you've brought in or keep they're things that you can apply every day. And it sounds like you try to apply almost all of them daily. Try to, which is really cool. Mm. That's, that's really, uh, impressive actually. Mm. Um, okay. Well, what would you, I guess, tell someone thinking about coming into counseling, just general advice. I mean, you, you had a, probably a different attitude when you started, you didn't know what this was going to be. Um, somebody's out there and they're thinking about coming in, something's happened to them. What, what are some, I guess, unexpected things you got out of it? Things that they're, maybe they're not thinking of. 
what, what would you encourage them about the, the process or, or anything related to it? Um, be open to the experience, I suppose. Um, uh, and the, the life experiences of other people. Those new perspectives really offered a way to find new outlets to further dull the hold that pain had on me. Well, it sounds like you were very much at the time coming into therapy. And I think this is a pretty common thing. Singularly, almost, almost singularly focused on your pain and what was going wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you were looking for a way to change that singular focus. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I had felt consumed by my, my misery and woes and things and which were not small by the way. I mean, these were all very large things that you were, you had suffered or were going through. They were not trivial by any means. Uh, but you were able to break free of that being the thing that you've, that sort of defined you, I guess, was that defining you? I think. Absolutely. You know, people used to say that now that you say that they would say, man, it'd be great to not let your pain define you or whatever. And, Absolutely. Interesting. Um, what else? Is there anything you would offer or say to people? I think before the show, we had we had just gone over some of the stuff, and you'd mentioned that maybe there was ideas about what this did for your family or folks around you. I mean, did they, did they get anything out of this process as well? Because we don't think about those folks right off the bat anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, uh, my dad was... Um, somebody who I've seen um, benefit immensely from from therapy, and I think he he made some solid changes to things that he wanted to change in his life and whatnot um, that had some super positive permanent outcomes on our relationship, and same with some of my siblings um, have I think really benefited from these. So. When you say, I guess, what, what has therapy done for you? You're thinking of it not only for yourself, but what it did to those around you or helped. So that actually made those relationships stronger. Or you feel like, wow, if they hadn't made those changes, what would my relationship be like with my father or my siblings or whatever? Absolutely. You know, that, that is affected too, um, that you're the benefit of that. Even that, even though you didn't go to their therapy sessions, you, you benefited from their time. Absolutely. There it was the only way that me and my family could have stayed close like we are is that it, it helped just uh, open methods of communication that might've been closed gotcha. otherwise. And gotcha. Okay. Yeah. To, to wrap up here, we've talked about a lot of things. I can see why um, John said you were very impressive and hmm. I, I see that totally. Um, what, I guess what's the, the overall, the message, the excitement of wanting to share your story. I mean, what, what, what was in that, that you, I guess would want to say that sort of summarizes that idea of what your story is about. I want to just shortcut somebody else's suffering in the world. Like if I have gone through all of this nonsense, surely that it, it, it can benefit somebody and, 
if I've been able to find some, find some perspective that can click for somebody, then that'd be great. Because your your life in some ways is kind of like a TV movie, right? right. When you look back, <laughs> that's very right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you go, wow? Did I live through all that? Is that just the craziest story ever? Yeah. I guess you look back at that and go, I want to help the next person get the most out of it. I don't want them to be in that place I was in um, yeah. before I started all this. Exactly. You know, like life can be hard. Life is hard. And if it, if it cannot be hard for somebody or if it can be hard less than it needs to be, then, then that would be my, my hope in the world. Wow. Um, well, you're a, you're a great human, I can tell, just by just by meeting you for for an hour. This is a pretty cool conversation. So, um, uh, anything else you would want to say before we shut her down? Not that I not the, <laughs> not that pops into my head. Uh, thanks okay. for having me. All right, yeah. Well, it's great having you. Um, I think a lot of great parts that we've talked about, and like I said, the the big thing that I've run into is all the things that you've experienced, but also the way you've been able to kind of piece it together into very useful things that you, you put together in your daily life. I think that's, that's very impressive. I mean, as, as therapists, that's something we want to see. We want to see people come in with the, the attitude of, I'm willing to try something, something new, give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, and that always, I find always winds up a much more positive story than a person who comes in kind of feeling like they have to made to be there or very much doubting the process. So uh, yeah. good for you that you're able to get something useful out of it. And, and now, communicate to folks that this can turn out beyond your wildest dreams, I guess. I mean, going into therapy, you probably had, I mean, you were thinking, okay, maybe they can make my pain a little less or, yeah. you know, I'll get some kind of relief from this thing, but you never at all thought in this process that you would, you would be where you are now. I mean, is that, is that true statement? That is definitely true. A very different world than when I started this, uh, this whole thing. And just a few couple of years ago now. So, and all dealing with things that are very real. I mean, physical pain is a very real common thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that folks go through, maybe not necessarily from how you got there, but certainly a lot of accidents or falls or, or just um, maybe genetic problems, I guess that people have that they're dealing with pain and, and you're, you, you dealt with a very prevalent, I guess, experience out there. That's very hard for people. So hopefully somebody hears your story and is inspired to, to do something different and uh, to make a change. So good for you. Thanks for coming to the show. We'll want to continue this idea of covering people's personal stories because I think you hear from, uh, in this example from Rod, I think this is a, a great way to sum it all up and, and keep out of theory and show people that these kind of experiences can happen to you. They're not miraculous. They're just take it day by day. And uh, go see your local therapist. Uh, counselors can help. We'll see you next time on the show. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself or a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Pink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. Views expressed on the show are those of myself, my guests, for the benefit of mental health discussion and are not the views of any outside organization. 
We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.